Hello and welcome to the Stronger Family, Stronger Church podcast. We're so grateful you can join us. We hope that you'll get a lot out of today's time. I'm Marcel Hall. I'm Karina Hall. And uh, we are going to be talking about blended families today. And uh, Karina, you know, this is obviously a big topic uh, in our current uh, society. Yes, it is. And so we have went out and we got some guest speakers. All right. So we're so excited to have uh, some some profound worldwide, world renowned uh, acclaimed speakers on this topic. They are sought after throughout the L.A. area and it is soon expanding. Uh, to the country. So, but we're so excited. We have a great couple who has raised a great family, and that's Dave and Mary Atkins. All right. Hello. So, uh, Dave and Mary, could you guys go ahead and, and we'll just allow you to introduce yourselves? Great. Thank you. Well, it's great to be here. We really appreciate uh, you guys inviting us. And uh, as I said, my name is Dave, my wife is Mary, and uh, we are, do have a blended family. Uh, I've been a disciple for a long time, 41 years, uh, back to 1979. Mary was a disciple since uh, for 28 years. Uh, we were married uh, 25 years ago, and uh, we uh, we both had two kids. So our blended family is we have we had two and two. Uh, so we did were single parents for a while. Mary was a single mom. Uh, she was divorced and had uh, was so was a married mom or a single mom for a while. My first wife passed away from cancer, so I was a single dad for a while as well. We were in the same region in San Diego, so that's how we met. When we we have four kids, two of them are named Ryan. When we got married, uh, Shannon's the oldest. She was ten years old. Uh, Ryan Brett, I call him, uh, was uh, seven years old. Ryan David was uh, four years old, and Sean was two years old. So that's when we got married. Uh, right right around, they were roughly that age. Um, and their ages now are, I'll let Mary say, because she's better <laughs> at math than me. <laughs> so our oldest, uh, is a girl. Her name is Shannon. She's 35. Uh, second is Ryan Brett. He's 32. And those two were my natural children. Uh, Sean, I mean, sorry, Ryan David is 29 and Sean is 28 and he, and they were Dave's natural children. So, I had a girl and a boy. He had two boys, and uh, three of them are currently disciples, and uh, most of them live in L.A. One, uh, Sean and his wife, Devin, live in Portland, Oregon now. So, And Sean and his wife are not disciples yet, so they're, are, are, they're, we're, they're still on their journey. So, But we have a great relationship with them. So that's us in a nutshell. And where do you currently live, and what do you do for a living? We live in Redondo Beach, and uh, I'm actually retired, and I'm taking an online master's course in uh, church history and historical theology. And but Mary still works for a time, and she works for Neutrogena, part of J and J. She works uh, quality assurance, and yeah. Those. Great. Thank you guys so much again for your time. We're really excited about this uh, this discussion. So let's get right into it. So as you know, and as many of us who know are either in a blended family or work with blended families, a uh, number of different challenges for blended families that are definitely unique to that situation. So I'm going to ask you an honest question. 
Can that situation be healthy, <laughs> successful, and godly? And if so, how do you do it? I would definitely say yes. It can be successful. It can be healthy, and it can be godly. Uh, but I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. So, um, yeah. and you know, a couple of ideas about how how it can happen. And I think the most important thing is, uh, well, two most important things. One is the parent's relationship with God. As with everything, our relationship with God is huge. And, uh, you know, as parents, we have to be great disciples. We have to be close to God. We have to be praying. We have to be being in our in the word. And with any any part of life, you know, your relationship with God is huge. And this is no exception with uh, having a blended family or being a parent in general. Uh, but the second really important thing, I think, for a blended family, and I would say most important besides your relationship with God is the husband and this wife need to be unified. Um, just as a, a scripture, Mary's going to read just real quickly a scripture about unity. It is proper. I mean, Psalm 133, one, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. When, when Mary and I got married early on, I said, and I don't, you know, I think God helped me. <laughs> I told her, as long as you and I are unified, as long as you and I are on the same page, we can handle everything else that comes along. Mm -hmm. And I really have seen that to be true throughout our, our whole marriage, that we've always worked on our marriage first. We've always worked on being unified and it's helped so many areas with, with the kids. And I know that with a blended family, sometimes this is can be challenging. Uh, I think our temptation as single parents is to err on the side of our kids, our natural kids, especially when, you know, there's conflict or whatever with the other parent. But let me just say, you have to be close to your spouse, number one. You have to be closer to them even than your kids. And that may be hard to do, but it's super important. Um, you have to be unified in any type of decision you make about the kids, where they go to school. Just, you know, we'll talk about discipline a little bit later, but, uh, you know, you have to be unified. You have to be always working together um, to make sure that you guys are on the same page first, and that's going to help the kids. Um, and when it and when it's not that way, it it can cause problems. And, and Mary's going to share just real briefly an example of a of a sister that. We knew in Reno that, you know, had a different, well, didn't do it that way. So I'll just leave it to that. Yeah. So she was a single mom and she had a daughter that was about 10 or so. And uh, she married her second husband. And um, every time that the husband and the daughter got into conflict or had any sort of issue, the mom would step in between and she would protect the daughter. And so, you know, we tried to help her throughout that time. She she really wasn't, um, she asked our advice, but she didn't really, wasn't able to stop doing that. And then when the daughter grew up and moved away to college, she told me that she, that was her biggest regret was because at the end of that time, the husband and the daughter had no relationship at all that the daughter did not consider that, you know, that man, her, her dad, or, you know, even a friend really. And so going forward that they have no relationship at all. And so the mom was, you know, it's always easier to look back and see 
wow, yeah, I should have done it differently. But, um, you know, and it's so hard to do as a single mom. It's so difficult to step out of the way and let your child and your spouse develop their own relationship, even especially in times of conflict. So it's really challenging. Wow, that, that that's that's helpful. I appreciate you. And I want to ask a, a, a quick piggyback question there. So if you can maybe, you know, answer this briefly, but how hard is it uh, to put your spouse above your own kids, right? Because you had, you had that going into the relationship. And so when you, when I can just imagine uh, people hearing that and really struggling with that, with that mindset of, okay, now I got to put my spouse above my child, but me and my child came in first. Is that fair uh, to do? Well, I would say I, it is definitely hard. And, uh, but I think it's biblical. I think when you look at some scriptures, you know, God, you know, I, the one that comes to mind is, you know, uh, the two become one when you're married, you know, you leave and cleave that type of a thing. Um, but I think it also calls for a tremendous amount of trust in God. And I think it also goes back to, you know, what both parents really being close to God. The, the closer you're, you feel like your spouse, that you are to God and your spouse is to God, it's easier to trust God that, you know what, God, this may not feel like the right thing, but I know that, you know, we've got to be close and, and, and that you love our kids. Uh, and so really it's going to challenge your trust in God's plan and your trust in God. And for the spouse that, you know, in the case of our case, you know, for, for me with Mary's two kids, I had to make sure that I was, you know, really trying to be a spiritual man so that she could, it was easier for her to trust when she knew that I was close to God, you know what I'm saying? And vice versa. So as everything, it comes back to God, but I think the more spiritual you are, the more you can have, let the other other spouse see how you're confident, that they're confident in your spirituality. It'll make that transition a little easier it is tough, but I think it really, it, it does call on you to trust in God. And I think it is, you know, I think God will bless it. I mean, we've seen that in our own life. I think we've seen that in any, even if the, if the parents are always fighting, always conflict, it just doesn't build security in the kids. Uh, it's a lot easier for them to manipulate, to put one against the other, which is, which is, a, which kids with regular families or natural families, so to speak, do that automatically. It's even more can be even more exacerbated within a blended family. The only solution is for the parents to stay united and to stay, hey, you know, we're going to work together and, you know, it's going to be, we're going to bless, your God's going to bless it. So I don't know if that helps, but that's what I would say. Yeah. And I think it's not easy and you won't be perfect at it. You'll have trial and error, um, you know, because your emotions will be um, you know, stirred up and, and sometimes I wouldn't think Dave was handling it the way that I would. And so I had to, a lot of times I actually just had to leave the room and let him take care of it, you know, and trust that he wanted to do the right thing and that this was what was best for them in the long run. So. This is great. Uh, can you tell us what are the things that really worked for your family? Uh, we did a lot of, we had a lot of things that, that worked, I think. Um, back on the marriage thing real quick, we made it a point 
when we were both working to come home and make sure that we connected together right after we got home from work. So we had a little bit of individual time, just Mary and I to go through the day, you know, make sure we're, how you doing? How was your day? You know, encourage just, I'm talking about maybe 10 minutes yeah. at, you know, just to, to do that so that we were feeling like, okay, we're connected. And then we went out and, and were able to work with the, with the kids or whatever, but there's really no substitute for, spending time we spend a lot of time as a family when we like i say when we were married we came back from our honeymoon we had an instant family we had four kids you know that from two different households and so we did a lot of stuff together um we we went to dinner a lot we did um um i mean we went to we did a lot of fun things we we set up uh you know a family night so we were very disciplined about every monday night was family night we had dinner we had dinner a lot all the time but at home with everybody but especially on monday nights we would have dinner together we would do a family devotional uh through all ages you know um so really there's no there's no other way than just doing a lot of stuff together as a family um some other thing yeah, I think just, you know, a lot of what that does is it builds common memories. So each family has their own history, right? And so you're trying to build a new family with shared memories. And so we just, we went to Tahoe and we rented bikes and, you know, I mean, just everything we could think of. Um, you know, we'd go down to Seaport Village and in San Diego and see all the street performers and, you know, get ice cream and, you know, just a ton of stuff. Um, and, you know, it just makes, I mean, they still talk about a lot of those things as great memories that we had as a family. So that built us together and brought us closer together. So. Yeah. And I think, I think looking for things to, to build uh, a new traditions, if you're, if it's a new family, you know, together, you know, look at things that this is what our family does. And, you know, we always share an example, you know, you know, the holiday times are great times to build traditions, you know, for family. And so early on, I had this come to find out this idea to like sleep in front of the Christmas tree, like the night before or right early before Christmas. Right. So they all love that. You know, we're all sleeping on the couch or whatever or on the floor, but they still want to do it. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you know, 60 years old. I can't be. But they still want to do yeah. stuff like that. Last so, year, you know. <laughs> I mean, they always have, listen, we're going to sleep in front of the tree. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, um, but they remember those things. Uh, so things like that, I think were important and it, and it builds family unity. Um, and like I said, we did a lot of stuff together. I think there is a time for individual time with each of your kids, which I think is important in building your relationship with them, which I think is also very important, but also you want to build times together as a family. This is our family. We're doing stuff, you know, and, and and also teaching them sometimes we're going to do st things that you know the boys like more than shannon would have liked and then vice versa we're going to do more things sometimes we're going to do things that shannon's more interested in the boys so you have you have to make sure everybody you know feels like they're important and they have a part of what we're doing as well so um so you know shannon was in a tough spot with with you know three brothers but she was the oldest so that was a little bit of a help but <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. You know, you hit on relationships. Let me ask you about that. How, how how can we build relationships with our stepchildren and parents? 
I think it's super important uh, to build relationships with, with your kids, no matter what, if they're blended or not. Uh, but especially, you know, with a, a blended family, you know, for me, it was Shannon and Ryan, the older Ryan, uh, that were married. So I, I had to really build relationships with them. And you have to give it time. It's going to take time. It's going to take, uh, you have to be patient. Um, we, and again, it's spending a lot of individual time. So I would do, we did a lot of family stuff as we talked about, but I also tried to do a lot of stuff individually, just Shannon and I and Ryan and I. So, you know, especially when Shannon was younger, you know, I took her to a lot of movies that she liked, you know, like I remember Madeline, which I, and James and the Giant Peach. I mean, what a stupid movie, but <laughs> she liked it, you know? So, you know, seriously, a giant peach. Um, but I remember going to see that, you know, uh, but Shannon really loved it, you know? So it was doing stuff with her that she liked, you know, with Ryan, he liked to go to movies, but it was, you know, he was, you know, play sports different times. Um, but another thing with, with Ryan Brett though was, and this is another thing I think that's important when you're building relationships is, you know, sometimes you're going to have, uh, you know, your, your child or the child's going to be different into different things than you are. So like with Ryan Brett was very talented musically and he liked music and stuff like that. I'm not, you know, and so, but I had to, you know, sort of like the, the passage where Paul says, you know, all things to all men, you know, with your kids, you need to be the same way. So, you know, I did, you know, Ryan was in the marching band when he was in high school. So we went to all his band competitions. I went to, you know, all kinds of like drum roll and jazz band and all the stuff that I had never done myself, wasn't really interested in. And, and, and honestly, the only reason I usually went was because I want to support Ryan, <laughs> uh, you know, especially drum line. Those things give you a headache because they're pounding on drums all day. Um, but the, the, the point is, is that I wanted to build a relationship with him. So I wanted to do things that he liked, that he was into to help build our relationship. And Mary did the same thing with the two younger ones, with Sean and, and Ryan. She would do things with them as well. So, And I think something to, to, to mention is it doesn't have to be a big, huge event. Like uh, Ryan and Sean both played football and baseball, and so they had practice like all the time, games all the time. So, you know, Dave and I would have to split up, and he'd go to Sean's games, and I'd go to Ryan's games and all that. But you know, so on the way home, I would, we would just, you know, go through McDonald's or whatever and just, you know, get them food after practice or whatever and just spend a little time, you know, talking or not talking if they didn't want to. But, um, you know, it doesn't have to be like a four hour event every week because, you know, everyone is busy, especially in, when you have four kids, you got to figure it out. Um, so we just used whatever opportunities we had when we were alone with that child to, um, you know, to try to build our relationship, so. And the biggest thing is, like I said, you just have to give it time. You know, it may happen quicker than others, but, you know, you have to be patient um, and just, you know, relationships take time to build. And so, you know, if it, if it doesn't seem like it's going well initially, you know, be patient, keep praying about it, don't give up, you know. Um, yeah. uh, it, you know, it takes time um, with anything, so. And that's especially important with building relationships. Thank you. Tell us how you really feel about James and the Giant Peach. 
<laughs> no, uh, we would love for you to share some tips on handling discipline. Well, again, it starts with your relationship uh, with the, with the kids, and um, I would say, you know, when you when you first get in married and you first have your family, uh, I, I know for us, I I waited to really get involved in, you know, I wrote down big discipline, you know, like I, you know, I, I really worked on building a relationship with, with the other kids or with Shannon and Ryan. And before I really came down hard on discipline, because, um, I mean, we need to do it, but you have to give it time to, to really work on relationships. So I, I think don't be quick to, I mean, my advice would be, you know, don't be quick to, you know, sort of like who, who's the boss type thing, build a relationship, um, that type of a thing. And the other thing, which another thing which is really important is, uh, again, unity with a spouse, you know, so um, children need to see that you're united, especially in discipline. And uh, so if there's a, a situation that you need to discipline something, you, you need to, first of all, talk with the spouse and make sure here's what I'm thinking should happen. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And, and talk about it and then come to the child and say, okay, we, mom and dad have talked, you know, here's the thing, whatever, here's what, you know, the consequence of the discipline is going to be. If you initially have different opinions about what should happen, do everything you can not to talk about those things in front of the kids say that you know we're going to talk about this and then we'll come back to you don't be afraid to say we need to talk about this before we decide what's going to happen uh, because again you know kids are naturally going to you know try to put one side against the other and if you talk about that in front of them it's just going to make it even easier for them to do that you know and and realistically there are going to be probably a lot of situations where you would handle it differently um, than the other parent might be and that's why it's really important to um get get together separately and talk about what um what discipline you feel like is appropriate um yeah i think you know if you're you know several times i'm much more uh um excitable than davis he's so calm um, so, you know, I would, I would get angry and I would just say like, okay, you, you, you can't have your phone for a month or whatever, you know, <laughs> and Dave would look at me, you know, kind of sideways and, and Dave would say, okay, you know, Hey, let's, let's let mom and I go talk about it. We'll come back. And then, you know, it's, that's okay. It's okay for us to go talk about it, come back and say, okay, after mom and dad and I, after mom and I talked about it. Um, you know, I, I feel like that was unrealistic and that was overly harsh. And so here's what we've decided together, you know, and then, um, you know, it's really helpful for them, I think, to see that, you know, if you if you blurt out something that's kind of, you know, over the top and then you, you know, we Dave and I could go discuss it and come back and, you know, say, hey, sorry about that. I was angry let's let's talk about you know what your discipline would be appropriate so that's okay you know i think it's also important to remember what the purpose of discipline is it's not 
because you're mad and you want to make yourself feel better or whatever, or toe the line, what you're trying to do is create a change of heart in them and to see, you know, repentance, uh, for them to take ownership, for them to be remorseful. Um, that's what you're trying to, that's what discipline is supposed to accomplish. You know, and in some cases, you know, if, if the child is really, and we had a situation with Ryan Brett, he was older. So he was in a, you know, he was driving and he totaled his car and, you know, it was, he could have, he could have been killed because yeah. of the way he totaled his car. He was like 16. He hadn't had his license very long. He had kids in the car with him, which he wasn't supposed to. Uh, and it was winter. Anyway, when we, when we got there, I mean, he, he can tell you about it, but he was in the ambulance. Nobody was hurt, but, you know, the ambulance was there. But anyway, the point was is that when we talked to them afterwards, you could tell that he was shaken and that he was, cons- okay. you know, broken and that he knew that, man, he had just messed up, but that God had been merciful. And so when we talked to it later, we didn't really punish him that much because his heart was already convicted. It, it wasn't like we had to, like, pile on, if you know what I'm saying. You know, because he already knew that, you know, we didn't give him, he didn't get another car for six months. He had to drive Mary's car, you know, for another year. But, but my point is, is that, you know, with discipline, you want to see their heart change. You want to see them really get convicted, you know, and, uh, you know, oftentimes, yes, discipline is needed for sure. Um, but remember what you're, what you're trying to see accomplished in discipline. It's not just to punish because, you know, whatever it, you want, it to lead to them to change, you know, and if they're, and if you see that change, then that's what you're looking for. So, you know, that's what you want. No, thank you. And we will be bringing that up to Ryan as well. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you another question here. So how do you handle the temptation or maybe more accurately, the perception of favoritism, right? There's a temptation because your own kids are, and especially battling the perception that you're being, uh, having favoritism toward your own uh, natural kids. Well, it is a temptation. Yeah. And, you know, the truth is we, you know, we probably will be, there There probably will be favoritism at time. I, I think, you know, we're sinful and, uh, you know, especially maybe early on in the marriage and when we, when we're trying to build trust, whatever. So, it is a real thing. And I, I think the biggest thing is be aware of that. Be aware that you are probably going to be softer on your kids or even sometimes maybe harder on your kids. But your perception of your kids is going to be probably a little different than that of your spouse. And and so I think, again, when you're talking about what to do about a situation with your spouse, I think I think you have to be humble and realize that, okay, this is what I see. What This is what I really feel needs to happen. What do you think? Yeah. And then be really open to somebody else's opinion. Um, and I think that's a great thing about, you know, marriage and about, you know, having two parents is you have two different viewpoints. And so, you know, there's a lot of times where, um, you know, Mary would bring something up and I hadn't even thought of that because I have a certain way of looking at it, you know. Or I could be blind, you know, to my kids. You know, my tendency was to be very lenient. And Mary's was more, you know, hard line, you know. So uh, we were a kind of a good balance, you know. 
but you know, like with, with my, with Ryan David, the younger Ryan, I mean, I, you know, I could be very sentimental. And so Mary, you know, in a loving way would point that out. You know, I think you're, you know, he needs something a little harder, you know, to get through to him. And so I had to be, you know, humble and open as I, okay, realizing that, yeah, that's probably true because I know myself, I know that I'm going to be more lenient. So um, I, I think it is a temptation. I think humility is the key word there and, and being open to uh, a different viewpoint and, um, and, and, and allow uh, your spouse to help you or uh, to help you see things maybe in a different way. And, and be open to that mindset, a different mindset or a different view. Yeah. And I think not just your spouse, but I think your disciples, whoever are helping you and your family and your marriage and your kids, you know, um, you just got to be open and say, what do you see? Do you, you know, and ask for their objective opinion, because the two parents, when you're in the middle of it, you're not objective at all. And, you know, you need other people that are around you to say, hey, you know, I notice when your family's over at our house, you're kind of hard on this kid, but you, you let this other kid get away with everything, you know. And so, you know, ask those questions and say, do you see that? And, you know, if that's true, then, you know, just own it and try to work on it. And um, because it is hard. I mean, as a mom, my kids were older. They'd been through a lot in their life, a lot of negative stuff. And it went at a very young age. And, you know, I, that sentiment, sentimentality definitely creeps in. You know, you say, gosh, they've had it rough and, you know, and stuff. And, and that's not going to help them. It's not going to help them in the long run. So you just have to, um, you know, get help and be humble and open. Amen. Thank you. Um, here comes another tough question. What would you have done differently? Nothing. We were perfect. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So not. Go ahead and edit that out, Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we were no, by no means perfect. I, you know, looking back, I like I was saying just a bit ago, you know, I was very more prone to be lenient and and so as a result i think you know especially you know some of our kids um got involved in stuff that you know later came out but you know got involved in some sinful situations that if i had been more involved or more asked more questions or um you know wasn't as you know quick to believe i mean we want to believe the best in our kids but we also need to be realistic you know and so uh, I, I think for me, I would have asked more questions. I would have been, you know, quicker to, you know, investigate things more. And it might have, I mean, God worked through it all in the long run. But, you know, there was things in there where I def, where our kids got involved in stuff that, you know, cha was challenging and, and hurt them, you know, at different levels that maybe I could have prevented or, or mitigated a little bit more if I had been more um aware or whatever so that's one thing that comes to mind uh and again you know you have to look at yourself i mean sometimes you can be too overbearing and so you know you might want to change that that wasn't my problem because being overbearing causes problems yeah. as well being not overbearing enough which was my end causes problems so 
you know, whatever side you fall on, um, you know, I, I would look at that. So that's one thing for me, I would, you know, wish I, you know, if I could go back again, I would be, I would do that differently. And I, I think for me, the, the one thing that stands out to me is having four kids. I tried initially, I kind of tried to treat them all the same because, you know, they're kind of a herd, you know. And so, um, you know, in the beginning, I just sort of assumed that they were all kind of like me. But two of our children are way more like Dave and two of them are way like more like me. And so the way that I talked to the ones that are like me just crushed the other two. And so it took me a while to realize that I had to really study each child and realize how to communicate with them that would help them. Um, and so, you know, that was incumbent on me to not just be quick and just say, well, you know, this is how I communicate. So, you know, just get used to it. Um, you know, I had to really study them and try to help them in their way where they could hear me. Because like I say, I tend to be more extroverted and they would just, they just couldn't, they just couldn't do that. And so, um, you know, I had to learn that every child is different and treat them accordingly. So. Amen. Now, uh, final question. Um, any other words of advice or practical tips that, that can help out our blended families? Um, a couple things. I mean, I, I think I think look at a blended family as a great opportunity. Um, and, and I say that because I, I think, you know, when families that that aren't blended, you kind of assume, hey, we're, you know, we're we're going to be a close family, you know, whatever. I think with a blended family, you go into it knowing we've got to put work into this. You, we've got to be intentional. And I think that's a that's an advantage. It, yeah. it, you realize it's not just going to happen. So I think it's an advantage because you know that we've got to have a plan and we've got to work on this. I mean, so we got to do even more. So I think that that helps. I think you have to be super patient. You have to be willing to have a lot of grace with yourself, with your kids, with your, you know, your new kids. Um, you know, no one's a perfect parent. Uh, so you just got to have a lot of patience and grace. And I think the biggest thing too, is you've got to get a lot of advice and, and discipling. You know, a lot of these situations we talked about, you, you, you know, with two different spouses, you're going to have two different viewpoints. And so again, you got to talk together, but there's, there's probably going to be times, well, I, I guarantee there's going to be times where you're going to talk together and still not be able to come up with a unified plan. <clears throat> so what do you do there? It, it's not a matter of whoever's strongest wins. It's a matter of getting advice, getting other people into your life that can say, well, here's what I, you know, here's the situation. What do you think? And get somebody that knows you or, or that, you know, is outside the family that can be objective and, and help them see, help help them help you guys as a couple come up with a reasonable unified plan. So we had, you know, a lot of people in our lives that helped us, you know, with different things. We had, you know, our boys had a mentor, you know, all three of them had the same mentor that, you know, helped a lot um, that he could talk to them about things that we couldn't. 
Uh, and then he would talk with us, you know, about, or he'd, you know, talk with me about, well, here's something to think about, you know, with the boys and things like that. So I, I think that, you know, getting people involved and especially when you can't see eye to eye on a certain thing, uh, you know, I think that's huge. Um, and, and don't be afraid to do that. You know, the goal is to, to have a family that glorifies God. The, the goal is not to get, you know, through the whole parenting thing and feel like I did it all, you know, on my own. <laughs> you know, if you, if you have that, that's pride and you're going to, you're going to shipwreck your things. We need help. We need people in our lives. We need people in our spiritual lives, but we need people in our family life. And we, especially in a blended family, we need people to uh, help us out and take advice too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dave and Mary, for all your time, for sharing all that you did, your honesty and vulnerability. Uh, these are great gold nuggets, not just for blended families, but for all families. So yeah. we really appreciate your time. Well, thank you so yeah. much. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much. And uh, be prepared for another episode. Uh, <laughs> Part two. Part two. About Ryan. Uh, yeah, we want to hear about both Ryans. There you go. I'm sure I'm sure uh, uh, Ryan David was more like you, Mary. I'm sure that was the case there. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you so much. We hope you got a lot of our episode here. And uh, the plan is for us to uh, bring you another episode next month. So check us out. Stronger Families, Stronger Church. Have a good one.